Hello and welcome to episode 1177 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, May 19th. I'm your host, Paul Sporer, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? Not too bad. It's bright and early. Obviously, always earlier where you are, but uh, got a nice baseball Friday. Been noticing the 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 change we're not at summer yet but i've been noticing i wake up around six every day it's lighter and lighter and frankly that makes me happy yeah i don't like waking up early so it's it's i, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't i don't care how how that light it is it, yeah. but i like that it's nice and light out <laughs> when i do wake up i do yeah, i do sure. appreciate that um but yeah i know you're not the, the biggest fan of waking up early in general we're both night owls I have a weird thing where I'm a night owl, but I also, I do like to be up very early. But I also, I'm a big nap guy. I'm a big nap guy. Take I, I'm, uh, yeah, a nap for me, considering how late I am up, like writing and stuff and how early I wake up. Uh, yeah, I, I tend to uh, need a nap usually about a bit. I'm all about them. I'm all about mm-hmm. them. Like I can even, I can even do a quick one that kind of recharges 25, 30 minutes. So. I'm all about naps, but uh, we got to talk some pitching today. We got some things to get into. Got a little bit of news. One good, one bad. Let's start with the bad. Dustin May. His stats had been bad at this point. You have to wonder if maybe the injury that has now uh, felled him was part of the problem. Dustin May is going to be out with a flexor pronator strain. Do I have that in the right order? Pronator flexor strain? I don't know, but it's a right forearm strain. Bottom line, four to six weeks. I'm calling it two months easy. Wasn't that great beforehand. This is a bummer. I think it's an NFBC cut. IL spot hold for now. But then I don't think Dustin May takes a ton of priority. If I'm rocking like a three IL situation and I've got some stars there. What do you think of Dustin May's injury and where are you cutting him, if anywhere? I mean, I'm cutting him anywhere where I can't easily reserve him on an IL spot. Uh, I know this NFBC cut. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, here's the thing. I know they say four to six weeks, but anytime there's this forearm strain, that often means uh, it's going to be longer. Sometimes it means it's going to be Tommy John, and he just had a Tommy John. It's a guy who has suck, dude. I know he, but he hasn't stayed healthy. He hasn't pitched a lot of innings. Now, I got some pushback for what I'm about to say on Twitter, so I'm interesting, uh, interested to hear what you say. I'm surprised with the Dodgers' usage of him. He's a guy that's not thrown a lot of innings in, in the major leagues, just in general, but in any season, really. And they were letting him go as deep as the seventh, you know, or, or you know, yeah, through seven innings on occasions. And I was just really surprised they, this, that he wasn't kind of a five-and-dive kind of guy. To protect him i mean i think they may might realize that that doesn't really protect guys is the thing and it's still all about the pitch count right and he only does to make only eclipsed 100 once only eclipsed 94 out of the the nine starts that he had so like i i hear what you're saying and especially a team like that you would expect them to be remarkably careful but i don't know i tend to trust them with insofar as you can even help prevent these things think the Dodgers are probably at the higher end of teams that are making sure to take care of their pitchers the best that they can because the the fact of it is and we've talked about this a whole bunch is you can't really right there is there is no safe way to do this once you're pitching you are at risk if you're playing you are at risk Mm -hmm. so 
I'm probably not going to crush them too hard on this um, because I kind of wanted them to kind of start to see what they've got from Dustin May. He has been recovered from TJ, not for a long time, but, you know, he came back last year. So we're a bit removed from his TJ. I thought it was nice for them to see where they're at. You know, he was leading the AL, or excuse me, the NL in hits per nine and homers per nine, which is why he was able to succeed 263 ERA despite the very underwhelming swing and miss capability that Dustin May was showing with an 18% K rate and 6% swing strike rate. Easily both career lows and very uninspired. Like even Marco Gonzalez laughs at those numbers. Like that's, <laughs> that's how pathetic, like those are so bad. But obviously he had enough stuff Dustin May did to still find some success in spite of not missing bats. This is just a bummer though. I root for him. He wasn't a guy I was necessarily drafting, but I wanted him to be good. And here I am now cutting him more or less everywhere outside of spots where I can have an IL. And I already have to have pretty much nobody on the IL. You know, let's say you've got, I don't know, whenever I try to think about this, I can't think of guys that are on the IL, but you know, let's say you got- Brandon Woodruff. Okay, Brandon Woodruff, Eloy, and who's another decent one? Because like a lot of leagues have three IL spots. TJ Friedel. Well, you love Friedel enough. Would you? Would you go yeah. Friedel or May then? I I would keep Friedel. I just I think I any too. any spot where you don't have an open eye or any league where you don't have an eye open IL spot, he goes to the the wave wire because I think that at best we're seeing him in six weeks, and at worst uh, we're not seeing him again. So yeah. I just I'm I'm not gonna hold on to someone like that, especially with I hate to say it, but so little upside without the strikeouts. Like oh, he's absolutely. just he's just a ratio powder. So. You, you you need a you need that two oh nine Babbitt in point two homer nine to to continue. I mean, yeah. not exactly those levels, but you need those to be his main calling cards for Dustin May. And those are difficult to to bank on. That's why we're such uh, you know, so committed to the swing and miss because that's the bankable thing that you can have that can keep you good. Suppressing homers and suppressing hits, yeah, you can have some control over that, but to do it at such an elite level is very difficult to do for a whole season without swing and miss. Usually the guys who are the best at that are the ones that get whipped. So uh, we're very clear where we're at. We're out on Dustin May. Root, wishing the best for him, but it's just not uh, a great situation right now. Maybe you pick up this guy to replace him, Matthew Liebertor. We're doing it again, Justin. This weekend's going to be another, uh, you know, Favapalooza type situation because Matt, Matthew Liebertor came up, dominated, and we're and we've got another big prospect that folks are going to be very interested in. What did you think of Matthew Liebertor's debut, and where do you think you're going to be this weekend with regards to Fab? I know you spent big last weekend, so you're probably not there, but should it be another frenzy for Liebertor's services? I think so. He he was really really impressive. Uh, I mean, just a little bit of added velocity and all of a sudden, like everything that in his arsenal just looks a little bit better. Um, and it's I know the Cardinals have not played well as of yet, but they're starting to play better. And uh, this is still an elite infield defense. Um, yeah, I, I think he's going to go for a lot of money this weekend. So those of you who put big bids in on Yuri Perez and didn't win Yuri Perez are going to be excited to go after Matthew Libertor. I I fully expect him to just go for a ton. Uh, Gavin Stone also yes. likely the replacement. With May. Sorry, I didn't yes, even yes. put that in uh, there. Yeah, go ahead. Continue on Stone yeah. for the Dodgers. Uh, I mean, he's had kind of 
ho-hum numbers in AAA, but mm-hmm. I mean, he is a top-tier prospect. He pitches for the Dodgers, so he's going to go for a lot of money. Brandon Williamson, who uh, had a, a really nice debut. We're going to talk about him in, in the Colorado. So we, won't, we won't get too deep on him. Yeah, but so dude. it's another Fabapalooza for pitching. I, have yep. do you ever remember a season in which no. this many starting pitchers, like quote unquote elite prospects, Absolutely have not. come up all no. at the same time? Like it's. I mean, we're not even in June yet, and we've had like thing. 40 it, of them. It's like hard to catalog these and be like, oh, I, I can remember. Some people do have memories like that, and shouts yeah. to you because that's awesome. If there is one, hit me with it. But for me, I certainly cannot remember a situation exactly like you said, though. It's June, not even June, excuse me. We're two weeks from June, 10 days, and we've already had all this with all these great prospects come out. No, and I... I- I've been playing 20 years. I don't remember yeah. uh, a, a season in which, especially pitching prospects, we've had some really good hitting prospect years where, you know, uh, guys like Tatis and Soto and, you know, and Trout and things like that come up. Uh, but I just can't remember the last time we had the so many. Flow too. Yeah, it's every, every week. Day, every damn week, there's two, three, four guys. <laughs> We're going to get to August and peop- no one's going to be able to spend more than like, 25 bucks on a player (laughs) that's the that's what i can't really wait to see though is the impact here because we are in a situation where you know we keep saying like well you know there has to be people running out of money but as we highlighted earlier this week when we were talking about it when you think about it it really only is one or two people spending big each week so out of 15 we maybe haven't gotten through all 15 teams yet that have spent a decent amount of money. So Mm -hmm. I am eager to see how this affects, say, the trade deadline, right? Because we always wait for things to happen there. Now, that's bigger in ALNL, where new guys come into the league. But even just player shifts that open up playing time roles for guys that uh, were on the waiver wire because they weren't playing, now all of a sudden they got full-time roles, it can still create some frenzies in mixed leagues. I wonder if there's really going to be enough money to spend. So I am really eager to see how this plays on the rest of the season's finances. I mean, you're also going to have like huge closer changes at some point. I mean, Liam Hendricks in in the leagues where you couldn't – pick up a guy who hasn't debuted in the majors yet. Like mm-hmm. he's going to be a bit like, there's just going to be a lot of uh, uh, still a lot of guys to come up. We still haven't had like the major hitting prospects to come up too. God, like, it's, like, please th- come up all I'm, of Cincinnati's, you know, prospects. Outside of Strand, Ellie, yeah. McClain uh, just came up. Yeah. Like, but for the love of God, please start bringing up the hitters. I'm, I'm ready. I'm officially ready. Dude, yeah. And I think I'm just going to regret so hard not getting Christopher Morell as a stash when I got Alec Thomas back and I was perfectly fine with him getting Alec Thomas I wanted him but my my backup bid there was a seven dollar Christopher Morell he didn't go that week a week later three hundred and thirty eight dollars I still think people are gonna regret that he has five homers and a steal already it's gonna be pretty hard he's he's gonna bank He's got a 39% strikeout rate and a 71% zone contact. Stats that it's going to be hard. Don't be like me and argue against younger Adelise Garcia here. (laughs) Just just accept that he's a baseball guy. All right, let's do some two-step here. Talk about the uh, the two-step pitchers for next week. The ones that are going to have some decision. I cut out the obvious ones on the high end and the obvious no's on the low end. We got some guys in here that you know, you'd be like, isn't he an obvious no? But hey, deeper leagues. I'm talking somebody like Tommy Henry. I didn't think you were going to have him 
positive word to say about him in like NL West only league. Ne- so we never, didn't never, never trust a man with two first names. Exactly. I totally agree with that. You just, you can't do it. Justin Mason is the mm-hmm. foremost among that. that I Absolutely. What about Kyle Bradish? He gets a trip to the Yankees and home to Texas. Now, obviously, I think this is deeper leagues, slam dunk, 15s, 12s, I think pretty slam dunk. So I'm focused pretty narrowly on the 10s and lower here, the real shallow leagues with Kyle Bradish. We both really liked him to be a breakout this year. I feel like that's progressing pretty nicely. I'm going to be surprised if you go against this. I'm in everywhere all the time right now with Kyle Bradish. Do you treat him the same right now? Auto start all formats. This is a really tough two-step, and so I don't know that I'm auto-start, especially in your shallower leagues. I'm not a Uh, coward, though, so. Yeah, no, I'm definitely (laughs) a coward, Uh, and it's it's so weird because I look at a lot of my teams, and I go, man, the pitching really sucks, but my streaming record's been pretty darn good. Uh, well, I don't know. Some of those guys might not be available in your deeper leagues. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Like I, I mean, I'm, I'm not able to, you know, quote unquote, stream Michael Kopech and Brady yeah. Singer, so I'm not getting murdered like I have been on on some of my teams. So, uh, I think in 15 teams, he's an obvious uh, to start. If you just take out that one really really bad start Boston at Boston, start. yep, uh, then he he has 30 30 innings pitch with uh, only uh, seven earned runs given up. Like, that's pretty sweet. Uh, and he's been really, really good over his last two starts. Uh, this is a really, really tough two-step, though. Texas has been an elite offense. I know. Uh, the Yankees are starting to get uh, going again. So, um, I, I in 10 teams, I think I am a little bit more cautious. It really just depends on my other options. I mean, yeah, like, there's a world where you've got Guys that you drafted all before Bradish because he's a later round pick in our leagues, our mixed leagues that were deeper ones, let alone 10 teamers. Sure, I get that. Okay, so I'm not saying you got to start him over some stud you drafted in the, the 12th round or whatever. But if you've been consistently starting him, this two-step is not going to make me run away from Kyle Bradish. Yes. That's, that's all I'm trying to say is that I, I'm certainly not cutting him either. At the very least, if, if your team is really good and your 8 or 10-teamer, Team streamer for Kyle Bradish. I know it's a two-step and we have the old, if you can't start him in a two-step, cut him. That That's a tighter rule, or that's a looser rule in deeper leagues where you just might have too much talent. So keep Bradish at the very least, though. Let's talk about Drew Smiley, and I think we're going to focus again narrowly on the uh, shallower formats because I think in 15s, Drew Smiley's a slam dunk. He's home to the Mets and the Reds. I think in 12s, Drew Smiley's pretty close to a slam dunk. So I want to focus again on the shallower formats. He's been pitching. Uh, he's been healthy and pitching very well. I think that's usually the key with Smiley. Not so much talent, but whether or not he's going to be there. Right now he's there. I can't see how I'm getting him out of my lineup with an 18% swinging, uh, swing strike, 18% strikeout minus walk, uh, 286 ERA and 093 whip. What do you think of Drew Smiley here in this uh, double home two-step? I think he's a must start every time out. I mean, again, like if you don't count that first start he had at the beginning of the season, he's got a 197 ERA. I mean, yeah, he's got 286 (laughs) with it. So imagine just taking off the worst start. It's game over. Like he's, he's been amazing. Uh, And I think the only concern is at what point does he, you know, break because he always just breaks. So it seems to um, always happen. Yeah. But it ride it until then. 
it would be the year where he's had like the most pitching injuries that I can ever remember in one season. That, um, he that he's the guy who stays healthy and throws two hundred innings. So. I would die. Like I would love that. You know, go through yeah. smiling, but it would be a hilarious if he drops a career high. One hundred seventy five right now. So anything over buck seventy five would be a career high. Age thirty four. So yeah, yeah. Everyone falling apart. And Drew Smiley's like, oh. I just dropped a 189. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're starting him everywhere. He's been really good. He is still available in a decent number of mixed leagues, though. So go out there, check Which your wire. Insane. Always like, make sure. I, I don't get that. Like, I understand shallower leagues. Like, I get it. I know we talk about how we don't play as many, but I do understand you have more talent. I don't know how Drew Smiley would still be available. Like, I just cannot f- fathom how that's still happening because you're still picking up the the guys that uh, you know pop off and do well. Smiley needs to be on a roster somewhere in every every league right now and he's only 69 percent rostered at yahoo that's not i nice. think part of it is like I, I know like people always like well those are dead leagues right those are like i don't believe that they're necessarily dead leagues what i think a lot of them are is like if you're in a position where you're in a 10 team yahoo league do you want to draft the guy that is pitching well uh that or you know p- pitching decently that you really like like you know, I think a lot of people struggle, like, even with the guys that are pitching well. Like, do you want to drop Grayson Rodriguez for Drew Smiley? Yeah. Well, you absolutely should, but that feels really weird. And, I get it. Yep. You know, in a lot of these, you know, public leagues, people aren't as savvy to go, like, well, I'm just going to I'm gonna drop the guy that I took in the 13th round for Drew Smiley, who we know is going to break down, but... You know, in those leagues, there's going to also give you a replacement, uh, you know, value to pick a different guy up if and when he does go down. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's totally the case. And, you know, we've talked about that with our transition into the shower formats after so many years in the deeper leagues is knowing when to cut guys and being uh, willing to say, OK, it's time to move on here. Yeah, this guy's good. We believe in him and we would never cut him in a 15. But 10s are different and you're going to have, you know. 12 outfielders that are all about the same level in a 10 team waiver wire you got to find the hot hand the best matchup the you know who's who's got the good setups with the platoons um and you have to do the same with pitching yeah grayson rodriguez might be a summer god i I wouldn't be surprised if he goes off big time at some point this year but i would take drew smiley over him right now in a 10 teamer i don't know if i would take either of these guys this is more of the uh, all format situation we can discuss here starting at the at the deeper end brandon williamson who you alluded to earlier and graham ashcraft have home to st louis and at the cubs you mentioned brandon williamson's debut sparkling in coors which is only going to add to people overrating him now i mean he is a real prospect there's some real talent there for the lefty but five and two-thirds two hits a walk and uh two walks excuse me and six strikeouts at coors is huge let's start with williamson before we get into the disappointment that is graham ashcraft you picking up williamson for this two-step here oh uh i don't think so um as much as uh if you remember way back when on episode 1000 uh, and we had uh we had you know sarah's on we we both like we are we all gave a like really really deeply guy that we thought could come up and be really good my guy was brandon williamson that was a season um, preview league wasn't a uh, season preview episode wasn't it mm-hmm. i believe it was yeah so uh unfortunately like his history has been at least recently that he walks too many guys and gives up too many home runs and while Yes, he was very good in Colorado, which is a hard place to be good. 
I just I I don't think he's gonna be good. So um, I'm I'm not risking him against two offenses, which could easily destroy him. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good thing to point out there. That sure he went into course, had a great day, good for him. But look at Brandon Williamson's AAA work, and it's been really unimpressive the last two years. 504 ERA, 172 WHIP, uh, with really modest strikeout to walk numbers as well. And that is the International League. That's not the PCL where we usually give guys uh, a decent break and say, oh, you know, they play in some crazy environment. I'm sure there's some good environments in the International League, but I'm not sure. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't believe Louisville is some major place where it's like really difficult to pitch. So I think Brandon Williamson has just been sputtering at the high minors and that that leaves me pretty uninterested. I'm actually looking it up right now. It does have a pretty high home run park factor, Louisville does, at a 122, the second highest, or third highest in the International League. Sure, okay. But that doesn't explain all the other issues that he's had. And homers, to be honest, haven't even been the biggest issue for Williamson, at least not last year. They've been up a little bit this year. Like what he did, I, I, I kind of want to play wait and see with him, but you don't get that opportunity in fantasy these days. Someone's going to pick him up, more power to them. It won't be me. I do have the opportunity in my main event to pick up Graham Ashcraft. He was cut. And you know what? I think it was a savvy move by the person. It's easy to say now with hindsight. But even at the time, I was like, I don't mind that. Because if you, you could try to get him back if you really, really wanted to. But he's going to Coors this week. What do you need him for? He's been remarkably unimpressive. He goes and Coors, goes to Coors, gets blasted. Graham Ashcraft, you know, we were so excited about him. We being the general fantasy community, I don't remember where you were. I was hyping him up. I was in on Graham Ashcraft's spring changes, the alterations to his sinker and slider, that he was getting more swings and misses. He was using that power sinker for good as opposed to having the most underwhelming swing and miss profile despite throwing 100 and Ashcraft has fallen right back to the guy he was last year he's he's almost exactly the same ERA and whip uninspiring strikeout rate are you are you picking Graham Ashcraft up in deep leagues because he's available in some of them St. Louis at Chicago what do you think and now again I mean these are two offenses I don't really want to mess with too much uh, especially now that St. Louis has started to get going and uh, Graham Ashcraft is, like you said, doing exactly the same thing as he did last year, which is give a lot of zone contact, 91.5% zone contact, uh, which is an insane amount to give up, especially considering you know, the new defensive rules, uh, not being able to cover things with a shift as easily. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not interested in Graham Ashcraft. Like He has now become a 15-team streamer as opposed to a guy that was on your roster and you were rolling out every standard streamer. Yeah. yeah. Where, where you, you can use them if you, if you see a good spot and then cut him. Usually you'd think a two-step, this one isn't it for me or you no. were, were not in on Graham Ashcraft. I'm sure he'll get picked up in my league because, you know, he has a high roster rate. People are going to see him at the top and be like, oh, wow, Graham Ashcraft got cut. I think we are the only main event, um, a 98% roster that he is available League mates, have at them, and please spend a lot of money because... Please use them this week, yeah. Yes, use them this week, spend a lot of money. I certainly encourage you, drop a line to your buddy Dave. Say, wow, why Graham Ashcraft available? That's crazy. You should probably mm-hmm. do $250 on him. I think that's a great idea. Uh, let's go out to Cleveland. Peyton Battenfield, Battenfield Earth over here, uh, has had some interesting streams, has had some rough ones, but, you know, Cleveland prospect, probably the lowest on their... 
uh, on their radar right now because they've had some really strong ones with Bybee and Allen, and then Gavin Williams is lurking. Double home, White Sox, St. Louis, Peyton Battenfield doing enough for you that you're interested in D performance. I think it's an automatic out in shallower, so we're, we're focused on 15-teamers here with Battenfield. What do you think? Uh, no. Why not? He's, I'm kidding. He's, you don't need to expect. Yeah, he's really yeah, he's not covered. Yeah, he started yeah. off with a really nice swinging, swinging strike rate, and he wasn't getting strikeouts with it. I was like, man, there's a little something here with Battenfield. Then he had a big outing against Minnesota: seven innings, two runs, seven strikeouts. I'm like, okay, cool. Then his next two here against Tigers and the White Sox have been really uninspiring. Three homers against the White Sox really did him in. That's always going to hurt you. Um, you know, four, four, and three walks in a three-start run earlier in the year. So there's always something kind of going on. I just don't think Battenfield's quite in that level of Cleveland prospect that I'm super interested in. I gave him a look, and, you know, I usually say, let's let's give, you know, five to seven starts for a guy and see where they're really at. We're, we're six starts and a relief appearance in. I see a 10% strikeout minus walk, a 478 Sierra. I've seen enough from Battenfield to know that I'm not really interested here. So pass on this really, two step. Really interesting thing that I didn't notice before just right now. Uh, his amazing uh, minor league numbers are really buoyed by an insanely high infield fly ball rate. Uh, oh, really? I mean, pretty much since uh, 2021 uh in double a he has had 25 percent infield fly ball rates at every level pop-up machine like that, I mean, that is can, that can be useful that's, it seems like a difficult skill to repeat though yeah like that's just like i mean at some point you say it's a skill because it's four four different stops but sure like infield fly ball rate like we're not that's, just talking about fly ball rate we're talking yeah. about like in 25 percent infield fly ball rate is and, insanely high it seems like the margin on that is so small that Mm -hmm. they can quickly turn into homers to wit he has a 1.8 homer nine battenfield does yeah and And i I think that is just missing there and a five percent infield fly ball rate at the majors exactly so yeah uh, yeah. i i I was keeping tabs on him early like i said i I give cleveland pitchers a little bit extra benefit of the doubt too because they do such a good job so even though i wasn't super familiar with peyton badfield like okay i'll take a look i'll see what's up i even streamed him in one of his starts in one of my other leagues i'm out here pretty easily if things change down the line we can revisit but right now no shot let's talk to two white Sox that are getting two steps here and let's First one is obviously not going to be available very many spots. I just want to know if you're still starting him without incident in shallower formats. It's Dylan Cease. Uh, they get He and Mike Clevenger get trips to Cleveland and Detroit. Cease hasn't been the Dylan Cease that folks paid for. I'm not advocating cutting in any way, shape, or form, any league type. No shot. Just wondering if you are just you know locking him in the lineup and auto-starting Dylan Cease right now with a... 14% strikeout minus walk down from 20 last year, 6% dip in strikeout rate from 30 to 24, 478 ERA, 139 whip, Babbitt's up, Homer's up. Nothing's really going well. Are you still starting Dylan Cease in your shallower formats without incident? I mean, yes. Uh, I mean, especially, especially in this two star versus Cleveland versus Detroit. These are two of the worst offenses in baseball. Shut your mouth, bro. It's true. Um, but this is the downside to, um, you know, uh, doing a command. victory lap oh. uh, on opening day, 
which is what yes. a lot of Dylan Cease people did, uh, including our good buddy John Legaze, who I know listens. Um, so I'm gonna wait, 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 wait. What did he do? He was he was saying I told y'all he was gonna be good again or something. He was like, "Where are all the Dylan Cease haters now?" Like, I'll find you the tweet. Uh, that's but... that's hilarious. You got you got to be careful with the old mm-hmm. opening day. Sometimes you do it on the first pitch of the season, like a dumbass, and say, "I knew yeah. Ian Happ was going to be a god." Um, and no one we... loves a good victory lap more than me. You, and I you uh, do. And I couldn't. Uh, I I have I have to mention that uh, I don't know if you saw this in uh, in the poll hitter Discord, but uh, they've. Uh, They've opened up a channel just to post people's victory laps. Oh my god, um, lappers! So like, this is funny. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I know it. I'm going to be featured a lot there. Yes, I, I, I see it. That's really funny. Oh my gosh! Yep, this is this is great. Like, you have to balance, you know, talking about something with the whole victory lap thing, right? Like, let's say you're out on a guy and then you point out what he's done for a handful of starts you're not necessarily being like oh i'm gonna victory lap this guy and i'm you know just because i'm pointing out that he hasn't been good or whatever or vice versa the guy it's been good but it, you can tell when people are just like yeah i kind of knew this was gonna happen it's like what value do you get because you can only look stupid right like if you get your victory lap early and you're right okay cool you made it to the six months. But if you take a victory lap on something in April, May, and you look really, really dumb by September, that's just such a such a easy burn. I just don't mm-hmm. understand the desire to take that that early, early lap there. Like, you know, people want to jam Adelise Garcia in my face right now. It looks really bad. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and keep doubling down and say, no, you should cut him and he's the worst player ever. Plate skills are up respect to that never saw that coming from a 30 year old who had been really bad but hit me at the end of the year still i i still see a world where adelise garcia it doesn't necessarily have the the greatest season ever but and i mean we always talk about this early victory laps i would much rather be wrong but have my process be right than be uh you know right and have my process be wrong i mean i'll take yeah you know a guy that like you know I, i'm trying to think of a good example you know of someone like hey this guy's been really good in spite of the fact it was a bad process but um you know ultimately as as a content provider i i want my process to be right even when the results are wrong um and uh you know getting back to cease like uh there were so many things to be worried about and so well i think there's uh, one overarching thing 40 mm-hmm. command yeah like at times like 35 grade out of the 2080 scale like that's really bad and that makes you super volatile and he lived with it last year despite a 10 percent walk rate uh because he left guys on base at an 82 percent clip which is about 10 points north of league average 260 Babbitt helped him to a 189 average. Some of that's good luck. Some of that is his nasty stuff for C. So he deserves credit there. Uh, but then the home run rate, 8% homer to fly ball. We'd never seen a number that low. And so he had a 0.8 homer nine. And that regressed, not to an egregious level at 1.0 with a, an 11% homer to fly ball. But you add that in with the walks too. Homers for C's can be particularly damaging because there's probably a guy on from a walk. So for me, it was tough to pay the full freight because while I do believe that he's a very good pitcher, 
and and I wouldn't be surprised by another season like last year, the volatility range on him was massive, and that's what made me a little bit scared mm-hmm. about uh, Dylan Cease this year. So you are definitely starting him everywhere. I am too, by the way. I just wanted to see if you were still there. Um, I, I agree. I think we should still be starting him. You drafted him. You bought in because – the second you sit him because you're trying to be like, you know what? It just hasn't been great. Let me just sit out. Is when he drops a 15K outing on your face. Yeah. Like, it, it'll be clockwork on that. So I'm starting him here. And like you said, at Cleveland, at Detroit, that is a good setup. What about Clevenger? Is he somebody that you're streaming at all? He has not been the Mike Clevenger uh, that people know from back in his days with Cleveland specifically. He's had good bouts of, of streaming. He's, he's spiked up some decent games. But all told, it's a 9% strikeout minus walk, 523 Sierra with a 146 whip. What do you think? I mean, he's been pretty good recently. Uh, last three starts, he's been really good. And um, these are literally the two worst offenses in baseball versus right-hand pitching this year. Uh, you know, if, if you look at their Woba. So, uh, yeah, I think he is a must-start in 15s uh, and 12s. Uh, and I think you're making the argument in 10s uh, only if uh, – or arguing against only if, like, you just have a loaded roster this week. And uh, so – but I think if you're not going to use him here, then why have him on your roster? Because, like, oh, these, yeah, are, yeah, these, yeah. these are just – these are two really good matchups that I think you have to take advantage of. No, I I, to- I totally agree there. If you have uh, Mike Clevenger on your roster, there's absolutely no universe where you should be sitting him here or else, yeah, why, why would you have him? I do agree uh, as a solid pickup, though. I do think they're streaming viability here. Like I said, he's had some good starts. I know the skills don't look great. He could still burn you because he, he can drop four or five walks on you in a given outing. But this is this is a classic stream. You got to take advantage of this. This is this is why you stream. You look for a guy with some upside that gets two good starts. The only downside on the starts is really that they're on the road. But I don't get too hung up on that. So I like. I mean, those are those are better places to pitch than Chicago. His home park. So, That's yeah, true. That's I true. Mean, Cleveland and uh, uh, Progressive and Comerica, not not bad spots to pitch. Uh, let's go to Michael Lorenzen, who has been putting up some decent starts. The skills to support it haven't really been there. I think, I think one of them was like seven innings, two strikeouts or something. It's like, I, I really wish there was a little bit more meat on the bone as far as some of these these underlying skills. But his last time out, six scoreless with seven Ks against Pittsburgh after putting up four total Ks in 14 innings uh, in his first two starts of the month. So all told, it's been a great month for Michael Lorenzen. Has he done enough? to get you interested in at KC home to the White Sox, Michael Lorenzen for the Tigers. Uh, I mean, these again are two pretty good matchups uh, in terms of like uh, the team Wobas versus right-handed pitching. So uh, I I feel less confident that he's going to be good because it is still Michael Lorenzen, but I think you're rolling with it in the majority of formats. Um, so uh, this is what I those you kind of uh, close your eyes and you know pray when you open them that that he hasn't dropped like an eight run outing on you. Yeah, I mean, I think he's pitching well enough to take this spot. This is a classic stream, which means it comes with plenty of risk. But I do think I'm in on Lorenzen in fifteens, maybe some twelves, probably not tens. I don't think you need to go this deep. Uh, maybe depends on you know what kind of rosters y'all put out there and and how shallow your wire is. But I think you can probably avoid Michael Lorenzen in 10s. 
Agreed. What, am, what about your boy Brady Singer here? Maybe starting to turn the tide on things. Now we've talked about how uh, it looks like last year was more peak Brady Singer with the skill set he has as opposed to level change and emergence into something different. Now, even if you believe that to be fully true, he's still not an eight-something ERA pitcher, which is what he was doing uh, coming into the month. Now he has back-to-back solid starts. A couple unearned runs helped him there uh, last outing when he gave up four, but only two were earned. And the skills still haven't been great with seven strikeouts and four walks in those 12 innings, but at least you're seeing some better ratios uh, with Brady Singer. He's popping up on waiver wires. I think we can run the gamut here with him about picking up and starting, whether it's uh, shallow or deep. He gets double home, Detroit, Washington. Is that enough? I know you like Singer coming into the year. I don't know where you currently stand with him. You picking him up in leagues where he's available? You starting him in leagues? How do you feel about Brady Singer right now? Yeah, I mean, this is another one where you kind of close your eyes and, and pray that it doesn't blow up in your face, but he has been better the last two starts, and this is the worst offense in baseball versus right-handed pitching and the fourth worst offense in baseball versus right-handed pitching. So, Shut yeah. Up. Sorry, bud. heard you the first time. You- <laughs> when we start talking about some lefties, I'll, I'll rip on the Giants. So uh, That um, Tigers are actually decent against lefties. Yeah. So be, be careful and, there. And, they do and have so a is – so is the Nationals. So the Nationals yeah. are decent against lefties as well. So, uh, yeah, I think I I am I I know for sure I'm going to be starting him uh, in in most of my leagues, if not all of my leagues. Uh, but I'm also going to be like, I don't know, taking anti anxiety medication or something. <laughs> yeah, I I think. I think it can with Singer in deeper leagues, especially with two home starts. If you believed in him, I don't think he's a must or anything like that. How shallow are you going here with Singer? 15s, I think we both co-signed. 12s, I, I can get there, particularly as a stream pickup. You, you there in 10s at all as a, as a stream for Singer? I I think it's debatable depending on the rest of your lineup or the rest of your rosters. So I think, I think you can definitely make the argument for it depending on what your other options are. Let me see if I can quickly find like a, a one start there to put you to the test. Would you go Singer in the two-step here? And again, that's Detroit and Washington at home or Charlie Morton against Philly, 10-teamer, shallow, shallow format. I think you got to go Morton, even though Morton's underlying skills have been really, really bad. Like, pretty pretty meh, right? Yeah. Um, his underlying skills have been pretty scary but like i keep writing him up for my like sell high column and uh, it just doesn't seem to ever pan out uh yet but uh yeah i think you've got to go morton there what about those two starts or uh james paxton at the angels as a one step start i don't think i'm messing with that angels offense i think i'm going i try to avoid them anywhere i can right now Mm -hmm. um so yeah I, I, i totally vibe with you on that so again you know singer there's heavy risk, but I think you do start them in your deeper leagues. Shallows, it's it's really a toss-up. Uh, this is not guaranteed, but we did talk about Gavin Stone earlier. Could be the replacement for May. Seems on track to be, which means he would line up for a two-step at Atlanta and at Tampa Bay. That is remarkably difficult. Yeah. Is, is it a pickup and stash with Stone? Is it a pass altogether because the price might be too high? There's going to be availability for Stone in leagues what are you doing here with this uh two-step on deck and given how it might impact the uh the prices yeah i'm pick i'll pick him up but i'm not there's no way i'm starting him i mean i know atlanta hasn't been like amazing versus right-hand pitching care. this year i do not care and tampa bay is just a team that dismantles you 
a uh, little by little. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm staying the hell away from this two step. Yeah, I, I totally am too. And as such, if, if I think that, uh, the price on, on, um, on stone is going to be too much here, I'm going to pass. Like if, if people see, Oh, two step, I'm going to go up on him. And all of a sudden this price starts to elevate. Obviously you can't know you're blind bidding in mm -hmm. most things. I think I'm just going to kind of put in my decent bid and, and move on. And if somebody goes crazy for stone because they see the two step, they can have because he mm -hmm. hasn't been that good anyway. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, let's move on from Gavin stone to the Marlins. Now you recently paid big for this pickup you specifically, but I also mean that the general you to people who, who got him, but you've already got a really tough challenge with Yuri, uh, Yuri Perez. I almost said Yuri Cabrera combining the two here because Edward Cabrera also has this two step. So you got the older prospect who's been a little disappointing except recently. And then the new prospect, the hot, flavor of the month and Yuri Perez, Edward Cabrera, they go to Colorado and to the angels. What are you doing here? Let's start with Cabrera because I think Perez, obviously the shine is much brighter right now. Cabrera, the shine has dulled. You talk about 40 grade command with uh, Dylan Cease. Mm -hmm. I think Cabrera is rocking like a 30 grade command. Mm -hmm. What are you doing here? He's coming off a decent start. Do you pick up and stash? Do you do anything? Is he just too risky? This two-step seems impossible to start with Edward Cabrera, though. What do you think? Yeah, especially because we know that in Colorado, breaking stuff doesn't break as much. Um, and so, hey, maybe he doesn't walk as many guys, but I worry he's going to get a bunch of homers instead. But uh, yeah, either way, I'm, I'm not starting uh, Edward Cabrera in Colorado. I just think it's too risky. As far as you're season debut there last year when he went six one hit innings with four walks and nine punches i'm still not doing it no no I, i'm not, i'm not suggesting that you should i'm just pointing out that mm -hmm. he, edward cabrera has a standout outing in coors doesn't mean i would get here especially mm -hmm. because even if you survive that you got the angels yeah we're a top 10 team yeah, yeah top 10 team in woba against right-handed pitching this year so yeah no thanks yeah um no thanks for me either I'm not fully against picking him up, even though I don't feel super comfortable with Cabrera really anywhere right now. He would set up for one, two, three, four, five. He would set up for Oakland next week, though. So that is enough to encourage me to go ahead and, and be open to picking up Edward Cabrera and stashing him just for the Oakland start at home next week, the, the following week, but not this two-step here. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so what about the big dog then? You, you got Yuri Perez. You got a great second start from him, his first W. Congrats to him at Colorado at the Angels with the big-time prospect. Are you rolling him out there? And if so, what league formats for Yuri Perez in this two-step? I feel like it, it's only 15-team leagues, um, and I feel like there are going to be potential other options that you might want to go with. Like, I mean, would you rather start Brady Singer, who's got a really nice two-step, uh, not in an atrocious uh, home park, or would you rather start Yuri Perez? Uh, I think it's debatable. I think it's really dependent on what you these, need. Can you take it one time, this asset yeah. controller here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah I, mean, I, might, I might have a situation where I've got to start both. So. I was going to say, those are two um, of your guys. You, you mm -hmm. love Singer coming into the year, and you got Yuri Perez in a bunch of leagues, so you might have the uh, the old double dip there. But Perez has been really, really impressive. And so, like, really I, too good I, so far. I totally understand in any format going, he's been too good that I just can't not start him. Um, and you paid the premium. You're going for it. 
I mean, he's not a stud yet, right? It's two starts, but if you're like, hey, I believe him. It's pretty to be close a stud, to being a stud, yeah. Start your studs everywhere type of deal. Like I, I can totally see it. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna crush anybody that, that starts uh Yuri Perez here because I, I get it. You you paid for him, you believe in him, he's he's it, he's like the premier prospect or one of them. I, I would certainly understand it and and be open to it. So mm-hmm. uh, deeper leagues only. I don't think you have to take the risk in 10s or 12s, but 15s, I think I am starting Yuri Perez. Uh, Colin Ray had some two-step uh, streamer viability recently. I think it was a two-step that involved Detroit. I, I remember it because I, I took that plunge and it was whatever. It wasn't great. Um, but now he gets Houston and San Francisco. Just curious if there's any deep league appeal there for Colin Ray. I'm actually not even sure with what he's been doing since that two-step because I, I cut him, obviously. Gave up, gave up four in his last outing. Uh, no, this is not one you want to mess with. As much as the Giants are very good, been very good against right-handed pitching, uh, this top uh, you know five to ten team uh, this year. So uh, And then Houston's Houston, so no I'm way. still nervous with them, right? Yeah, even with Houston being 24th in Woba against righties, do you ever really feel that comfortable starting your no. mediocre guys like this against them? No. Especially now, Tuve is going to be back for this. Exactly. You know? They're going to start getting healthy. I, I, I don't want to mess with that. Colin mm-hmm. Ray, uh, I don't think so. Uh, I added this one. So if you're not looking at the list right now, you didn't see this one because I didn't realize how available he was. I think this guy's on all formats, must start, should be rostered. But Bailey Ober is only 64% rostered at Yahoo. So I threw him on the list here. I thought he was going to be like 88%. I think it's crazy that he's that available. I think you should be going out and getting him. He gets a two-step San Francisco and Toronto. Made it clear that I am fully in, endorsing him. What do you what do you think about Bailey Ober with this two-step here for shallower formats where he's available? I really like Bailey Ober, but he is walking a tightrope that is going to blow up at some point. No, no, no. This could definitely be it. He's got a 435 Sierra. He's putting the ball in the air 57.5% of the time. Uh, he's, you know, minuscule, uh, you know, 23%, 24% ground ball rate. This is going to blow up at some point. Is it this week? I don't know. I don't know how you don't start him with how well he is pitched. Yeah. But, like, there are underlying skills there that are really, really scary that, uh, you know, I, I think Nick calls them a cherry bomb. Like, I think yeah. that Ober, in spite of what he has done so far, is a cherry bomb. And at some point, he is going to blow up in your face. The scary part, of course, is the homers. Uh, they mm-hmm. were a bit of an issue in his, not a bit, they were a big issue in his debut, the 92 innings back in 2021, when Ober allowed a 2.0 homer nine. He was really cutting into them last year, but was cut short with just 56 innings, and it was a 5% homer to fly ball. So it's like, well, is that legit? This year, same kind of deal where the homers are down 0. 0.6. That's that's amazing, but it's a 4% homer to fly ball. Can he maintain that with as many fly balls as he allows it seems unlikely. I don't think it's going to be as disastrous as you're suggesting. I think there'll be a multi-homer game that'll boost his ERA up a bit. But what do you think Ober's true talent is? Like from here forward, what are you projecting him ERA whip-wise? Uh, like 3.5 to 3.7 ERA. Uh, 115-ish whip. That should be rostered everywhere to me. I think so, too. So uh, I, still, I still think that, yeah, even acknowledging that he's not going to stay at this level, particularly because there has been an 89% left on base rate too. That's also going to regress for Ober. Even acknowledging those, 
It's an auto start for me in the two step, and it's a must pick up. So I think he's I think the question roster. really becomes how many innings do we get from him the rest of the way? Like, you and know, it's just a matter of if he can stay healthy. I think if he stays yeah. healthy, he's 27. They don't have to super baby. Absolutely. He should get mm-hmm. a pretty full allotment. But can he stay healthy is the question yeah. that you're asking. And I agree. Um, let's talk Luis Medina in Oakland. Obviously, you're not getting too excited about starting any Oakland starters. But I did want to bring him up because he has a live arm, you know, legit prospect with some talent um, and has put together back to back quality starts against Texas and Arizona, two decent uh, ball clubs as well. After an opening dud at the Angels, have you seen enough from Luis Medina that you might be interested in at Seattle home to Houston? Any interest in Medina's outlook rest of season, even if you're not interested in this two step? Yeah, I'm not really interested in this two-step. Uh, Medina has got amazing stuff in the inability to control or command it. Standard um, uh, issue, you know, yeah. pitching prospect sort of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he was a top-tier pitching prospect at one point, but the reason why a lot of people don't recognize his name is because he struggled so much with walks and home runs in the minor leagues uh, that people are like, well, I think he's a bullpen piece at best. He might Correct. not even make the majors. And this I think if Yankee. he was – yeah, I think if he was on a different team other than the A's, he wouldn't be in the majors. So uh, I I have no interest in starting him or really even rostering him outside of like the deepest of leagues. Yeah, like AL only. Okay, I can start to see that. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the one of the things I'm looking for that we haven't seen yet is it's a nine percent swinging strike rate. If he starts to get that up and really start missing some bats and and reining in his stuff. I'll consider it. I think he's probably making a concerted effort to be in the zone because he's had such walk issues. Uh, Medina has taking all of his minor league stops, which eyeballing it here. There's about 12 dating back to when he was 17 with the Yankees. Um, It's like 12 or 13 stops here and they're various innings. Some of them, even small samples one time. Has he been below 13% walk rate for Medina? It was a 7% stint for 11 innings. So the fact that he's at 7% in the majors, the trade-off has been that he's been much more hittable and a 2-7 homer nine. So I feel like he's just putting it in the zone. Here it is, hit it. And they're saying, okay, we'll go ahead and hit it. So I'm going to monitor his growth, but I'm not picking up this two-step. I could maybe see some summer streaming viability. It's not there yet, though, with Luis Medina. You can pass here. Uh, Let's go out to Philly. Now, I don't know about this guy uh, being back in the rotation, but we have Taiwan Walker and apparently Matt Strom. I don't know if he's – whose spot is he taking? So Bailey Falter got uh, sent oh, down the minors. Okay, I missed that. I'm sorry. So Walker and Strom, they both get um, Arizona and at Atlanta. Do you like either? Um, Not particularly. Uh, not, I mean, Not back in on Strom after what he did in the rotation? Mm, I mean, I, I guess. I think I'd be in for Strom. I guess. Atlanta's really good against lefties, though. So what, just, say that again. I'm sorry. Atlanta's really good against lefties. It's, so. it's not super easy, but Strom was good enough to where I think he can be a little bit matchup in a, in a two step. I think I'm interested. Taiwan Walker, as much as I've always loved him, it's a fan versus analyst situation where I always root for him, but I'm just not in in any. I, I think with Strom, if you're not win seeking, because I just don't know how deep he's going to go. I agree with that. If you're okay with potentially nine innings, a four start and a five start type of deal, you might get nine total innings, but you could get 13, 14 Ks and some decent ratios. If you're okay with that, I agree with the non-win chasing thing. Marco Gonzalez, the only reason I'm bringing him up is because it's home to Oakland and Pittsburgh. 
is that enough to to lure you in at all deep leagues i think so i mean oakland's awful pittsburgh's been really really uh bad recently uh yeah i think i am i I mean this is one again that can really blow up in your face because Mm -hmm. marco gonzalez can just be an awful pitcher but like you don't get better matchups than this you really don't. And so I do think if you are streaming in deeper leagues and you're looking for something, he should at least be in the, the, the old waterfall, which is you mm-hmm. know your list of bids there. Let's go out to your boys in San Francisco. Alex Cobb and Ross Stripling get trips to Minnesota and Milwaukee. So they're heading to the to the Midwest there. Cobb seems more likely everywhere. I'm just wondering if you're starting him in yeah. shallow leagues. Stripling is more of a deep league pickup and stream. How do you feel about those two, Cobb and Stripling? Uh, Cobb starting to show some uh, ill effects. I'm still starting him r- right now pretty much everywhere. Uh, Ross Stripling, I wouldn't put him on your roster. And you yeah. and I are going up against each other this week. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you there. As much as I've loved Strip in the past, too, it's kind of like a Taiwan Walker situation. Fan, mm-hmm. root for him, but I, I, I don't see it. Jordan Montgomery, this is, again, more of a shallow league situation because I think in deep leagues you got to kind of stick with him. Uh, he gets tripped to Cincy and Cleveland, though. So that's kind of a one-up, one-down in terms of venue. Neither offense is is doing all that much. Are you back in – or not back – I don't know where you've been on, on Jordan Montgomery. Are you in on him? I know St. Louis has a lot of stink on them right now. Jordan Montgomery has been the only thing close to a decent starter for them, but it's a 421 ERA, 134 whip. Are you starting Jordan Montgomery or and or picking him up in shallow leagues? Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Jordan Montgomery guy. I know it hasn't been great recently, but uh, I think he's going to be fine. And uh, like like we talked about earlier, Cleveland's one of the worst um, offenses in baseball right now. Like they're they're, so they're just buoyed by that amazing pitching staff and and bullpen. So. Uh, yeah, no problem starting Jordan Montgomery. Again, I wish I could remember to give credit, but there was an analyst out there that was saying they had so many breakouts last year. They're not going to get all of that. There's going to be a lot of regression. This team could bottom out a bit and and have to be saved by their pitching. Uh, Taj Bradley, he's back. He pitched yesterday, got off to a rough first inning that had Jason uh, really, uh, really freaking out, thinking that it was over. Ends up calming down, having a pretty solid outing. Taj Bradley gets Toronto and the Dodgers. Uh, most people kept him, so I don't think he's super available. But are you are you picking him up in the shallower leagues and putting him back in everywhere in your lineup, Taj Bradley? I think in deeper leagues, yes. Um, in shallower leagues, these are really two tough matchups. I mean, the Dodgers have looked like the best team in baseball. Uh, the Blue Jays are really, really good. Uh, this is tough. I, I think I think the, I think in ten teams, you probably should sit out on it. Uh, would, would you be, pick? Would you pick Taj Bradley up and and bench him again? I know we absolutely. I, I, think, I think she should be rostered in every league. Um, it may not be your team, but uh, in your in your shallower formats. But uh, I think he should be rostered in in pretty much every league. But uh, man, I, I don't know that I want to mess with the Dodgers in a two step, especially when the other, you know, if it's like Toronto's the Dodgers, not easy. Either. Yeah, exactly. If it's like the Dodgers and the Tigers, then like okay, okay. Re- relax man jeez absolutely blasting my guys here and we've been playing a little bit better lately uh dane dunning was on the episode last week because he was set up for a two-step got moved back a day kicks him to this week it's actually a better situation now because it's at baltimore and or at pittsburgh and at baltimore in that order you talked about how pittsburgh's fallen on their face here in may at least offensively for sure baltimore has been excellent as a ball club but i still don't mind going into their venue 
I was pretty bullish on Dunning when it was uh, Atlanta and home to Colorado last week when we, when we thought that was going to be his two-step. I remain bullish here. I'm in on Dane Dunning. What say you? I mean, you just you can't deny what he's done so far, and these are two pretty good matchups. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm in on Dane Dunning. Uh, I'm super glad I streamed him uh, against Atlanta because I didn't really have any other choice um, yeah, in a worked. league. So yeah, and it, it worked out. So uh, they're not getting a lot of strikeouts, but wins and uh, ratios are really nice to get at this point of the year. Yeah, and I don't expect you know 169, 088, but even his Sierra 431 has value in deeper formats, which is where I'm at with Dane Dunning. I'm not saying I'm picking him up everywhere, but I like Dane Dunning, and I'd probably pick him up in a 12 for this spot start, too. I would also pick up this guy where available. I think uh, people have been slow to get him in the shower leagues. Mackenzie Gore gets a two-step where he's going to face San Diego and a trip to KC. Are you picking up Mackenzie Gore in the shallower formats where he's still available? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little surprised that he is so available uh, in the shallow league. At Yahoo. Uh, you know, like he's walking the yard, but he's doing a good job of keeping the ball in the yard, uh, and he's getting a ton of strikeouts. So mm-hmm. uh, these aren't matchups that particularly scare me. I mean, I know San Diego uh, can be, you know, I still think they're good. Yeah, yeah, but that's a revenge game too. Don't but they're me. they're like mediocre against left-handed pitching this year, yeah. and so is uh, Kansas City. So. Um, yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm rolling with that one. Yeah, I'm. I'm rolling with Mackenzie Gore as well. Uh, and again, I think he should be picked up in in more leagues. He's, he's a bit too widely available for what he's done. Uh, so there you go. There's the two steps. Some really really interesting guys to pick up. Like even if you don't get the Libertor uh, big prize of the week, I think there are some guys you can go get probably on the cheap too, depending on your league size and sneak some nice picks in there. And then there's some guys that we want to pick up, but we don't want to start for their two-step, which is a bit unorthodox. Normally we're, we're attacking two steps, but for example, uh, you mentioned Taj Bradley in a shower league, you pick him up, but maybe you sit this one out. Edward Cabrera, you pick him up maybe for the Oakland start the following week, but maybe you sit this out. So lots of options this week. You and Jason got anything going on Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. We got Sarah Sanchez coming on. Let's go. She's wonderful. So, okay, excellent. Look forward to listening to that on my walk on Sunday evening. Uh, Until then, Justin, I will talk to you later. Take it easy.